Cooking is an art form which relies on the fruits of the earth. But many of these fruits have been forgotten throughout time and the regulation of produce. Hi, I'm Maria Dunn, and on this week's episode of Forging Through Foraging, we will be discussing the hidden gems that Michigan has to offer in its backyard. Now we are Now, we are probably more familiar with some of the mushroom variants that are commonly foraged, such as morels and truffles. And these types of mushrooms are very important for the foraging world, as they pave the way for other produce to be introduced. Did you know that spruce tree buds are said to taste like a burst of citrus? Or that fiddlehead ferns have a mild green bean flavor? These are just two examples of produce that could be more familiarized in our own kitchens and backyards, but we have lost them to grocery stores taking a hold of the produce industry. Now, am I encouraging you yourself to go into the woods and pick out these things for you to eat yourself? You could if you really wanted to, and it's a very cheap way of getting good produce as long as you know what you're looking for. There are plenty of guides on how to find good foraged produce in the woods in your own backyard, but farmer's markets do some of that work for you, especially if you have a full-time job. Turning to these instead of your conventional produce could lead to benefits in the environment. The most sustainable produce is the produce that is most local. Think about it. Let's say you're cooking up a recipe that requires orange zest. These oranges need to come from somewhere, right? Let's say they come from Florida. The oranges need to be grown in Florida on farms that exert tons of energy and use lots of land to produce. Then it needs to somehow go from Florida to Michigan, which is a 20-hour drive or a two-hour plane ride. Both of these exert lots of energy, use lots of gas, and pump lots of smoke into the air where it is then placed in a grocery store for you to pick up, which is very convenient, I will say that. But the aforementioned spruce could potentially grow in your own backyard, which is a free source that requires no external energy and doesn't require you to go to the grocery store. Thousands of examples of this. And every small change can make an impact on the environment and take pressure off of land of this being overworked. All you have to do is go to your local farmer's market and talk to your farmers about what are the best alternatives for some of the produce that you could find at a grocery store. Some changes might seem extreme, like using dandelions in a salad, but this was a tactic used in the Depression era to still have fresh greens when money was tight. Eating weeds might not be your thing, But it is incredible how things like this were figured out by resourceful humans in desperate times. Forging is, after all, one of the oldest ways that humans used to sustain themselves before mass-produced produce. So why did we ever turn away from it? Convenience sake? Well, I will say this. Convenience doesn't taste as interesting as foraging. And restaurants have figured that out. They use local produce as a way to entice customers into their doors. Just look at what 
restaurants have been doing with mushrooms. As I mentioned before, morels and truffles are some of the more popular ones. But it goes farther than just mushrooms. One chef that has been doing this right for years is Sean Brock. He is a chef in the South that has begun resurrecting forgotten produce with old seeds in order to preserve Southern cuisine in a way that was unheard of. He told his staff that if they could not make it locally, then they were not going to make it in his restaurant. This is revolutionary in the dining world, especially when there is such high demand for quote-unquote fancy ingredients. Local can be fancy and frankly can be more exciting, especially with such a competitive market nowadays. Truffles and caviar are not unique. Finding somewhere that can push the boundaries of your dining experience is something that customers look for nowadays. They want to be wowed by the knowledge and history of the food. They want to know that there was much care put into their food and it wasn't just shipped from somewhere fancy and that's what the chef cares about. That's not necessarily everything that the savvier diner wants to do nowadays. And they don't want to just be eating these unique foods in the restaurants. People want them in their homes now more than ever, especially because of the pandemic. They can't be eating out as much, so they want excitement in their life. And what's more exciting than new and interesting foods? Am I right? Well, I guess I'm a bit biased because I am in culinary school. But I really think that people see and appreciate the time and effort that goes into food nowadays. And I see it on apps such as TikTok. I follow this one girl who kind of inspired me to start this journey of learning about foraging. She forages herself for produce in her own area in Ohio and uses all the stuff she forages in her dishes. She's made buckwheat pancakes, sumac sugar. She's even used spruce uh, pines to make things like cranberry sauce and other various recipes and she uses all these things in her recipes on tiktok and it's very inspiring to me as a young and unexperienced chef currently to see all the new and exciting ways that people are using the things around them i'm not saying i'm an expert in this by any means but i would love to get to know more about it because like I said, it's sustainable too. And it's free. Who wouldn't want free food? People love free samples, so why wouldn't they love free food that they can get in their own backyard? Now, I will say it will be hard to tap into this market because it does take more effort than going to a store. But sometimes things that are more effort could be worth it. And if you make it fun enough for people... They might want to enjoy it as well and take this opportunity to experience something new in their life, such as going for a truffle hunting journey. Starting with things that people recognize will be the way that foraging starts to become more prevalent in our lives. 
It's not going to be dandelion salads for dinner immediately. It's going to have to take a lot of effort to get to a place where people are more comfortable using things in their backyard in their own regular everyday cooking. But I think we could get there. Just a couple weeks ago, I saw this one chef, Kenji J. Lopez-Alt, start a virtual truffle hunting uh, video with him and his friends where you could come and watch. And I believe that they also had a social distancing, uh, a social distancing party where they all wore masks and went truffle hunting together. And this is a great way to show not only the community that he's in, that it's okay to get produce from the forest, but also he has quite a big following on Instagram. And it showed a lot of people on his feed that it's fun and exciting to try new things that you find in the forest. With that being said, you do have to look out for yourself and for your health. And you need to know what you're looking for. There are thousands of variants of mushrooms alone. And half of them could potentially be poisonous and harmful to you. And... This is a problem that I feel like is why most people don't tap into the foraging market. This and the fact that it is it requires more exertion of energy and time and effort. We live in a world where things need to come easy to people or else they have a trouble switching up their daily routines. Because quick and easy is, well quick and easy. Who wouldn't want things to be quick and easy? Am I right? But when you look at it from an environmental aspect, it really is something to consider as well as flavor. I mean, there are so many things in the produce aisle that are just undesirable. Let's talk about tomatoes for a second. Tomatoes only come very seasonally And nowadays, yes, they are grown in hydroponic greenhouses that climate control and soil control so that you get a perfect tomato all year round. But these are still very new and quite expensive, honestly. Probably like $8 for four tomatoes, which is crazy to think about. Or the alternative is a watery, grainy mealy tomato out of season that you still buy because you're familiar with it, but it really isn't a tomato anymore. It's some weird, gross piece of fruit that you don't want to necessarily eat, but you're so used to eating that you just put it on your salad or your sandwich anyways. Yeah. I stopped doing that a long time ago. Well, I've always been blessed because my grandpa grows a garden in his backyard. So he has really shown me how to grow things myself. But he's never really foraged for things himself, which is something that I think he would be into as well. He's always looking for new ways to spend his time and not his money. So I think foraging might be for him. Um, but on a separate note, I have, I'm 
lucky enough to have about a half acre of forest in my backyard. And things like wild mint grow there. Uh, I do have a couple spruce trees in my backyard. And another way that people could get interested in foraging is that wildflowers, a lot of them are edible. Blue violets are edible. And they're really pretty. You could put those as a garnish on your food and salads, and they're an eye catcher and they're a crowd pleaser. The edible flowers could be the next best thing that happens to the foraging market because I believe that people are more likely to pick something that's aesthetically pleasing to them because people eat with their eyes first. So what's stopping them from eating flowers if not just the fact that they're not used to it? But if you garnish them on a plate and they're really pretty and they pop on the plate and the colors look nice, I feel like people will be more inclined to eat them, especially because they've become more and more popular as restaurant garnishes. So as far as restaurants... When restaurants normalize things, people are more inclined to normalize them in their own homes. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Join us next time when we talk about specific demographics of foraging, such as Illinois foraging and where you can go for produce and uh, foraging or farmer's markets that sell foraged foods in your area. Thanks for tuning in. Once again, this is Maria Dunn, and you just listened to Forging Through Foraging. See you next time. Bye.